flashback, Hall of Fame name with the legacy that's long. That's the legend of the Armstrongs. Questions get answered. Oh, you didn't know? Let's start the show. What's up? How you doing? I don't even know how we're starting this thing. We're off the rails already. I am Cassio, and I'm joined by Road Dog, and you're listening to... Oh, you didn't know? Holy mackerel, man. I was trying to hold that together, how we Woo! came on the air there. You know what, though? It's it's very Come on. symptomatic of the way I live my life. You know what Which I mean? Which is what? Just blindly walking through. Wheels and off. 90, 95% of the time, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, but the other five... Is quasi valuable. You know what I mean? Like they found a spot for me, and I got a desk under the stairs, but it's fine. Uh, There, in the building, it's a desk. Um, No, I actually have a nice office uh, that (laughs) that I'm never in. (laughs) Uh, But but the schedule, man, the schedule that I've been uh, replacing. You know, uh, Michael P. S. Hayes because he had shoulder surgery. So I've been at every TV, and man, the schedule is hectic. I cannot imagine being an USO or Sami Zayn or some of those guys that are just on the on the grind right now, really making a name for themselves. uh, I might add, and really claiming that superstar status, but. Man, physically and emotionally and every other way, it's taxing. Uh, and I know they're half my age, but I'm not working. I'm just traveling. And so it's, yeah. And so I'm fighting something. If you hear me coughing, I heard you cough earlier. Maybe it was when me and you made out in the parking lot after the show. But I, it's mono. The kids it could be mono. Mono, so do mono. Anyway, um, <laughs> so how are you doing? What are you? So it's, it's look, it's New Year. It's the yeah, New so Year. It's it's all it's oh, it's a new year now. It's a new year, baby. I thought it was almost Christmas 20, time. Twenty three. <laughs> 2023. So, so remember, we were gonna we pitched to to talking about something uh, this week, and we lied, I think, or did we? Or am I confused? <laughs> <laughs> so, so how are we doing this? If you're listening to this, yeah. it is January 2023. Okay, we're giving you finally the corny and Russo episode that we promised. Last week. But so of course, this is what you meant before we started by we're shooting out of order? Yeah. Man, I don't understand that lingo. I don't understand you young people and your podcast lingo. Like, I don't know. <laughs> no, I totally knew and I still screwed that up. Yeah, I apologize. I apologize. Just it might be right. It might be why. But pe- I would make the same decision and somebody like you would go, Hey, ain't we doing this out of order? And you go like, oh, crap. Yeah, sorry about that. Anyway, let's keep going. Uh, because I have all the knowledge in my yeah, head, but there. none of it comes out the right time when it comes out of my mouth. But it's in there. Well, look, your you great live bang. events, recorded events, is where Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where the trouble be. This is recorded events. This so. is, when I get in front of the camera, that's problematic. Yeah. The all- common sense goes out the, out the window. It's uh, probably half the reason for all my problems in life <laughs> well the new year but happy new year happy new year we did sam was gonna ask how your year was and you just filled us in it was crazy no no can hit the can road I, more yeah 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 so so just so a let's, whirlwind can we talk just a second about let's 2022 go. because it was a whirlwind it was a roller coaster of emotion it for me personally uh, and professionally i got fired i uh, got this podcast. I went on the road and did a lot of uh, comic cons and and different uh, conventions. And 
uh, Billy and I did a lot of Q and A's and stuff. And so it was a, it was a great opportunity for me to kind of get out there and, and, and push my, I, I hate myself for even saying this, but push the brand, you know, the road dog, what is, what is the road dog brand? And, and really, I hope it, if, if anything, it's just, he's so stupid. It makes me laugh. You know what I mean? I hope, I hope that's exactly how it reads on my, uh, tombstone anyway um <laughs> i forgot what we were talking about so continue it's, go ahead tell me about your 2022 <laughs> crazy 2022 and yeah, everything it, yeah and so man then i got hired back and now uh we're here and these d- dumb millennials didn't smart me up to shooting out of order so let's let's talk about i'm just kidding the millennials are t- 10 times smarter than me and that's why i screwed <laughs> up the open of the show it won't be the last time, people. Now we'll be in a meeting later. It's fine. We'll be in yeah. a meeting about this. It's fine. We, we, y'all will be. <laughs> y'all will be trying to find a new co-host y'all for you. Will. No, I thought you were like, <laughs> I mean, I won't be there, but y'all have that meeting. Oh, what Bama you got? Bama National Champs. Okay. It's sweet That's tea. Not, sweet not tea this year's there. cup, I would say. No, 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 no. It's not right. this year's yeah. cup. I'd have a, I should have an Auburn. Uh, I should have an Auburn cup, right? Same championship game this hey, year. Hey, War Damn Eagle. Why do they have to curse? Like War Everybody. Eagle sounds pretty cool. Like if yeah. you had an Indian, uh, like a, and he was called War Eagle, like that dude would be a BA. Aggressive. Right? He would be BA Baracus. He would ride a horse that was painted and shoot you while going forty miles an hour with a bow and arrow. What That's the kind the of dude War middle? Eagle is. Why you got a curse? Like it just throws a curveball into War a day. perfect. W-D-E, dog, I guess. <laughs> W-D! W-D-E. All right. Let's get this cranking. What better way to start this year off? You know how we all, uh, New Year's resolutions is to do mm-hmm. better and be better people and yep. move forward. And, hey, we're a divisive country right now. So, I say we start the year off by talking about somebody else fighting, not us. And not me and you? Or no. you just meant America? America, but me yeah. and you two, we're not fighting. No, we haven't fought since, remember Thanksgiving oh, in 73? That was your Dude, fault. Dude, I beat the fire out of you. But um, you let's go ahead, fault. though, and talk about two people fighting. Russo and Cornette. Oh, Vince yeah. Russo and Jim, and Jim Cornette. Cornette. And you, professionally, yep. personally, very close to both of these guys. Yeah, yeah, I, I actually am. I like to think that I am very close to bo- both of them. Two Work, men. Cl- yeah, go ahead. Now, I was going to say, two men that are in the news in professional wrestling on a weekly basis, yep. and they're not even in the professional wrestling <laughs> business anymore. Which and nine is, times out of ten, they're in the news for dogging each other. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yes. it's, it's, this fight has been going on. It is long-term booking, and neither one of them are talented enough to pull it off. I'm just kidding. They were, but <laughs> I'm just totally kidding. <laughs> I am. Of course, that I left a I left an edit point, so you can use that that yeah. uh, sound bite. <laughs> That's the taste. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but um, but it look they're both geniuses at at the industry, and you could also think they're both morons. You know what I mean? It's a totally a philosophical thing, almost like, and I dare to bring it up again, almost like my look at wrestling and Brett's look at, you know, his vision of wrestling. And so it's just very different styles. And one worked for a moment and one didn't, the other worked for a moment. And then it, then it didn't, you know, at Smoky mountain was the last chance for, for Jim to do something. And he did, he had a heck of a territory there, but it was, it was the time in the, in America where things were changing and, and, and entertainment business wasn't what it used to be. And you know what I mean? Safety is an issue now and things, things were changing. And so 
that smaller market like that just couldn't couldn't stand. You know what I mean? And so it wasn't that he wasn't good at what he did and he drove it in the ground or anything. I, look, I loved working there. I always thought exactly kind of like Jim. Um, and I don't want to give away everything, but I also think like immediately I think uh, – well, I think just like Jim, so I would need somebody who doesn't think like me to work with me when I book. You know what I mean? Because it would be very, it would get very, we're doing the same thing in every match and we're doing right. the same DQ and we're doing this and that. And so it you have to have people that think totally opposite than you do. The problem is when you have two passionate people that think polar oppositely and don't polar oppositely. Is that a word? I th- I was going with it. I was you were? You were just going to let me go? I wrote it down. I was going to Google it later, but I was letting you go. Okay. Well, don't play with your Googler while we're on the air. But but what I... What I um, <laughs> it is. Dom said it is. Dom, by the way, escaped back into his house uh, because he locked himself out. And... Probably one of the dumb millennials, so we're taking his word for it. <laughs> um, where were we at? They're polar opposites working together. Oh, yeah. Together. So, and so passionate. So, so man... You just got to really be professional. And I don't know if either one of those guys could be. Well, not at this point. They couldn't be. They they might could have been back then. (laughs) But it didn't. It didn't. Their relationship was never good. You know what I mean? It was always at each other. And then Vince got picked from what, from how the story goes or how how it goes from, from Russo anyway. And we'll probably hear about that later is, hey, I, I was more. Uh, in tune with with the boss than he was, and so he got removed, and I got added. Well, here we go. And so, you know, I, you don't know if it's professional uh, jealousy or you know just because of the spot. Like I, that happens, you know what I mean? And it's not uncommon, and it's not it's not really a negative it, to to me. If you don't like you, you know, if you don't mind somebody else coming in and taking your spot, I guess you're doing the wrong job. So, um, yeah, their their heat. I don't know what it is, but it is visceral. Uh, hence, we're sitting here talking about him now, you know. Let's go back to them the beginning. When do you remember meeting Jim Cornette for the first time? Mm. Long time ago. Yeah, very long time ago too. Like, like, look, I wasn't young then, but you probably were. Eighty-seven. Yeah, I remember. Well, no, no. So eighty-six, eighty-six. What year did the first Jordans come out? Eighty-six uh, or eighty-seven? Probably, probably around there. Yeah. Well, whichever year that happened, that's when it was. <laughs> and I think it was at the... Uh... First hit stores in 85. Okay, well, so this was 86 uh, okay. then because it was they were fresh off the block, dog, and I thought I was cool. Um, I was a senior in high school. To, no, I was a, uh, going into senior, my senior year in high school. Um, but I went up to Atlanta with Brad to do, I think it was... Clash of the Champion, Clash of the Champions, or so one of those big pay per views where they had the Skywalkers or whatever it was, um, and they had it in two different venues. Like one was at in Greensboro, and one was in Atlanta, or something, something like that. And Brad wrestled like on the pre-show or on the early show. He wrestled like uh, Jimmy Garvin or something, you know. But but it was a great card, and uh, and that was the first time I met him. Uh, what do you remember growing up? Did you see him much when he was manager of Midnight Express? I mean, you're around oh, yeah. the business, yeah, of course. Yeah. No, I it, look, he he was basically in the South too for my whole childhood. Yeah. So I was, you know, I saw him on in uh, 
Georgia Championship Wrestling and Continental Championship Wrestling, like in Memphis Wrestling. So I, I, you know, he had been around. I had been around him as far as seeing his work. I knew he was one of the best promo guys I've ever heard in my life and still stand by that to this day. Uh, just one of the, man, his his promos are so, uh, like I can't even keep my thoughts when we're talking. Me and you're just talking. <laughs> he, he he never messes up. You know what I mean? He never messes up and he uses, he, he, he doesn't use small words either. Like, and so he, he tells a story, like just what a great promo. I always thought like, he was, the, but he was the measuring stick then. Like, if you can't cut a promo like that, like, I don't think you need to be a manager. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, you can't just stand there and not work either. You got to be, you yeah. got to have the gift of gab. You got to do something special. And he did something special. And so for me, Jim, um, like I, I relive his career like we're talking about now when he was the, the manager of those guys and, and not so much when he went into, creative and stuff like that. Like I said, I knew him in Smoky Mountain and he was the, he was the boss and he, he ran the show and he did it, uh, with a, with an iron fist sometimes. Um, but Jim's a lot like me, Jim's a lot, uh, like my family. And so it never really, when Jim flew off the handle and cussed somebody out or whatever, that was Monday or Tuesday morning at my house. You know what I mean? Like, right. and then I joined the military and it was just how I, so I, that kind of reaction may scare the straights, uh, the normies, but, but to an Armstrong, that's Thanksgiving dinner. You know what I mean? Like that's, <laughs> that's how we roll. And, and the, the world knows that too. They're all the wrestlers in uh, well, the wrestling world knows that, um, that will headbutt you. And, and, and so, so <laughs> Jim's the same way. Uh, and, you know, uh, he was running the whole show. So he had a lot of weight on his shoulders too. When, when that was happening, Smoky Mountain and all that. Do you think the art of managing is kind of lost nowadays when you take a look at how successful a hill like Cornette was? I mean, he was drawing money himself. Yeah. And look, uh, to me, I think Enzo Amore, I know I'll get a lot of heat for this, and I, I'm sorry. I like Enzo. He's a good guy. Um, we have a great relationship. But, like, if he was a – because now he can take bumps and stuff. If he was just – a, a manager that could also pop up and take a bump and you get five minutes with him if you beat his big dude or whatever. Like I always thought he was the guy that could have been the next great manager uh, in sports entertainment forward slash professional wrestling. Um, I'm not saying he's horrible at working, but I'm not going to say he's great at it either. And if any of you say that, then I question your sanity. <laughs> um. Do you think do you think it's harder to get over as a manager nowadays? Uh, you've got, I mean you've of course you've got Heyman and and a, and a couple others out yeah. there, but but man is, Heyman, there's not a Heyman, ma- major no. one besides Heyman. Heyman is so established too. Like yeah, it didn't even matter. They kind of threw it in there that he l- leaves Brock and goes to Roman. You know what I mean? Like it right. was yeah, it was part of the story, but not like a huge part or whatever. So it was. He's universal, man. He could go out there with anybody and 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 still brings that. Uh, that gravitas, that presence, that uh, the verbal skills. He's another one, man. He's another one uh, that can cut a promo. Like, I, honestly, him and Cornette, um, him being, I can hear Vince now saying pronouns, Brian. Uh, um, Paul, Paul, uh, um, <laughs> Paul Heyman. Heyman. I was trying to say, uh, anyway, Paul Heyman. <laughs> And Jim Cornette, best promo guys I've ever heard in my life. Like, I don't know. They can just 
They can just go, man. And, and on the same topic, Enzo cut a heck of a promo, but I never knew what the crap he was talking about. So, <laughs> what uh, you, you brought up, Vince? What was his take on managers? Did he like them? Did he care? Did he? Well, look, I think it, I think the history says he likes them. You know what I mean? You look back uh, on like they, you know, but but we went the way of uh, downtown Bruno and Gene Okerlund in a brawn panties match, or so you know what I mean. Like it went kind of sideways and, and crazy a little bit. But man, look back on all the managers that people had. You know, With they, they the really, brain. yeah, they had they really had a lot of them. But but like like Bobby, that's where the Haymans and the Cornets of the world came from. They 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 are cut from the same cloth. Where man, they got the gift of gab. They they know the timing. They know comedic timing. They know when to be serious. Their 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 brains are smart to the industry and to the way to manipulate a crowd with your words. You know what I mean? They're they're like a wordsmith. I like to call them. It's actually a thing. Wordsmith. That was definitely one. I don't have to Google it. Um, <laughs> when you we've discussed it in the past in previous episodes. Uh, about Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Uh, but when you came back to the WWF in 96, Cornette was already a big part of the creative team at that point, right? Yep, yep. And I'll tell, But I'll tell you what. So, 96, I came uh, back and I was doing the Double J thing. For a while there, um, it was just show up, get a win every now and then on TV, sing the song on the way to the ring, whatever. It was not... I was not seriously involved in a, in a creative story. Um really until we kind of, me and Billy came together, you know what I mean? And that came out of even uh, just doing matches on television to, to, to keep the character alive. Um, and so, uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, what were we talking about? Give me a second. <clears throat> about how he was saying? a big part of the team when you came back. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. He was a big part of the team, but I wasn't, that's what I was getting at a long winded way to say it. I apologize. I never worked with him that closely when he was in the creative team. So what I remember about him the most is those things that just showed a picture from of him. If you're not watching, it was a picture of him when he had those Cornets rants or Cornets, <laughs> whatever they were called. Um, and he would just go off for like three minutes or two minutes. And to me, it was some of the best television I've seen in a long time. Um, and it's a way to both uh, tear down or build up talent uh that you have or others have and it it was it was i thought it was genius and and it was probably his idea or no it was probably somebody else's idea because they heard him doing that backstage just ranting about somebody and and they went oh my god we should just film that you know what i mean we should just tape that um i forget what it was called but it, it was it was entertaining you know what i mean it was entertaining and it was crap talking and you know that's what i feel like we don't Nobody talks crap anymore. And that's what that's what Heyman and, and Cornette came up doing. And, and a lot of the old timers cutting promos. And, and I'll say it wasn't, you know, stuff wasn't scripted then, so they could kind of say what they wanted to say. But coming up, you had to you had to have that gift of gab or you know and, Lost in the Shuffle. Yeah, sometimes. you're kinda of lost in the shuffle. You're just a, a wrestler. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you gotta you gotta have another uh layer to your onion, you know, and so I don't know. They had it. Cornette had it. I got off the got off the uh, rails a little bit there, but it was all about promo skills, and that's Cornette. Uh, that's he, Cornette's wheelhouse, man. Did you notice any difference in him personally from your time in Smoky Mountain compared to when you came back to WWF? 
No, oh, really? No, you know what? No, Jim has always been Jim. Um, and to his credit, he's always been Jim Cornette. And that's that's what you, you know, what you see is what you get. Uh, and maybe that's his next T-shirt is, is I'm Jim Cornette. <laughs> what you see is what you get. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, but, but like that's, no, he's always been that way. And he's, look, he's always been kind to me and my family, always. And so for that, I am thankful. Was he ever in a spot um, where, where you leaned on him for advice? Was your relationship with him that way? Well, yeah, all the time when I was working at Smoky Mountain, like if I had a promo or if I, you know what I mean, the creative of a match or something. Yeah, all, all the time. So, and, and I've, I listened to, you know, I, I, I didn't ignore him when I was at WWE. Right. I just didn't work with him a lot. So I would, yeah, I would still converse with him. You know what I mean? Like we still do each other from the old days so that we had that connection. And when you come up, you go, Hey, how you doing? So it was, we still, I was still there. So I would still sit under the learning tree every now and then, especially if I did have a question that I wasn't a hundred percent sure of. Um, and I would suggest all wrestlers today, uh, not be so sure of yourselves and get a second opinion, uh, before, <laughs> before going out there like that or Constructive trying criticism? this out. What? Try, or trying this at uh, home, trying this at home. Um, yeah, well, you, they, you know that's what like that's what. If you don't have somebody to shoot holes in your crap, you think you're awesome all the time. You know what I mean? You said the uh, you were used to his brashness, his loudness, his yeah. uh, colorful language. Oh yeah. But do you ever do you remember one one stand out more than the others? <laughs> so one time, and I don't think I was there. I think I heard the story that one time they were working the Harris boys. My brothers were, and and Jim was with the Harris boys, and they bumped him out of the ring, and they backed up the up the entrance way, and now Jim is is kind of. Uh, going up the entranceway, but he's not with the Harris boys. He's farther behind them. And Jim turns around as he's walking and says something to Scotty and shakes his, uh, you know, Scotty and Stevie and, and shakes his tennis racket at him and does his character stuff. Well, he bumps into a person when, when he's walking backwards and he turns around and beats the person uh, all about the head and neck and upper torso region with that tennis racket. And I mean, Put a whipping on him. Uh, Bing, bang, boom. They got the kid out of there. The Harris twins started coming back down to get him out of there. They almost had a riot. Um, <laughs> so he bumped into the guy. He bumped into the guy. The guy was just walking across the entranceway because his he had his drinks now or something. You know what I mean? So he's just going back <laughs> to his to his to his seat. You know what I mean? And Cornette just beat the fire out of him with a tennis racket. And I I can see that. And uh, <laughs> and and I heard several. You know. Uh, look colorful language uh at television <laughs> tapings and, and especially in smoky mountain when you know it was all on him and he's running things on a budget and and every decision goes to him and so when something didn't go right things yeah. didn't go right you know what I mean? word was his, <laughs> yeah. and it was a loud yeah, yeah. And, colorful. And, and, and he can cut a good promo <laughs> so it's almost like he's cussing you out but you're caught yourself hanging on every word you know what i mean like you know this is really good and then he stops and you go like oh 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 crap let me plug that back in sir you know what i mean like my bad oh that was all about uh, me that was, oh you're talking to me my bad uh well, you read yeah, somebody a new one. Oh, it's me okay it's it's colorful and entertaining at the same time all right let's move on let's talk about the first time you meet russo hmm look at him Look there's a picture. There's a picture of him up in black and white, like it's a glamour shot. Uh, <laughs> he looks glamorous. Well, I, you know what? It was. It would have to be 
probably not, I mean, maybe 90, uh, maybe 95 the first time I was there, but I know in 96, I think when I was there, the oh, yeah, when I was the roadie with Double J, first time, I, yes, now I now I got it, um, during the OJ trials. <laughs> so uh, it was right at, not the trials, but right after the, the murder happened um, was the first time I met him because he and I and Jeff flew out to California and got in a rental car and drove around Brentwood or Lakewood or whatever it's called. Uh, I think it was Brentwood actually. Brentwood. And you, and cops were, um, uh, constantly circling the area. You weren't allowed to stop. So we like had the car stop and we got out and ran through neighborhoods and through, uh, you know, through through the backyards of stuff and, and got over there so we could get a, a picture. And this went in the WWE magazine, a picture of Jeff Jarrett in all white and me and, and Rhodey out in kind of gear and Jeff holding a black bag up that was like in the, in the OJ trial. And it said, Jeff Jarrett's looking for a new home now that he signs WWE contract or whatever. Oh, yeah. And it was, <laughs> that was the first time and we run, we, we called it running gunning, but, uh, but we should have called it uh life and a knife. And Oh, oh! Uh, just kidding. Sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know if any, I don't know if I should have said that. That's your friend. <laughs> I apologize if I should I have. I've already got it to our t-shirt guy. Um, so, no, it's, we'll run with it. We'll figure it out as we go. Um, so that was your first, hey, we're working together with Russo? First introduction to Vince Russo. Well, it sounds and like look, that I liked was a fun, fun it was. experience. It was, it was fun, too. And that's the thing is I, I like both of these guys. I really do. I don't know what the, I would almost love to have one of them on and say, why, you know what I mean? And so from what I understand and, and I, and I guess we'll hear some, some of this, but from what I understand, like, uh, Russo said he would, well, I'll work with him. I'll be fine to work with him. But that, I don't know if that was the case. You know what I mean? It was, it felt like a two way street, but I don't, or it feels like a two way street, uh, at this point for sure. I just don't know what what lit the what lit the fuse. You know what I mean? And and look, if you have any information, Cassio, I'd love to know from you. <laughs> well, I was going to say first. Where of all, were you at you, nine o'clock on the September the thirteenth? You can uh, you can just if you just listen to one episode of each of their podcasts and didn't know anything else, you would go. <laughs> there's these two guys are completely different creatively. Yeah. Personally, I think everything about them yeah. is totally opposite of each other, and, and which and would just, lead to, like you said, the balance of good and bad. Of we can bounce ideas that the other guy might not ever thought of, yeah. and have a good thing. But there's also the if his ideas start getting picked, now there's politics involved. Yeah, and yeah, and, it's a whole, and, and it's that goes a, in every job. You, you have with. to uh, form, build, and maintain a working relationship. Uh, with this person. And look, I would say no matter what, and I would say definitely now, if they both got hired tomorrow, would they not be able to work together? Like, is that what we're saying here? We're, and we're, we're 16, like 50, 50 something, 60 something year old gentlemen. <laughs> like we don't have that out of our systems yet. <laughs> look, I don't want to headbutt nobody no more. That was, that was when I was high. What would you, what would you think? Maybe a big question to kind of wrap down into, but maybe the difference between Jim's core values of professional wrestling versus Russo's. 
What would you oh, what, look? What I, you I definitely think it's pro wrestling and and sports entertainment. You know what I mean? Okay. I really do. I really do believe that's it at the crux because Jim is a traditionalist, and I I do not uh, negate the importance or the uh, I don't know the weight that 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 tradition carries in our business and in our industry, and it's it's falling by the wayside. Like it's different traditions are being formed and different uh, habits and different. And and while you agree or disagree, if I don't grow uh, and, and evolve, then I guess I end up on this podcast talking about wrestling every week. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I'm doing it now because I love you, Cassio. And, yeah. uh, and I'm just, there's any chance I get to, to, to build that relationship with you. But, but you know what I mean? Like if, if you're you, really like, we can't work together. You can't yeah. look another man in the eye and go, Hey man, I, you know, I may not go to Thanksgiving dinner at your house, but let's work together, man. I think you're valuable. I think I'm valuable. I think together we're valuable squared. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's, a, it's our new tag team name. We're printing t-shirts. Value squared. Uh, do you think, so on the flip side, Russo is more of the, hey, let's think outside the box. 100%. Uh, creatively, uh, so, we're 100% so, different. So outside the box that Degeneration X happened. You know right. what I mean? And it wasn't his idea. Like he didn't have the idea, but he wrote, us into all those scenarios and he helped form the idea you know what i mean so and and then he nurtured it with his creative writing and so look i know people who love cornet and hate russo or hating what i'm saying right now and a minute ago when i was putting over cornet the just the opposite was happening but but here's here's my point and believe you me it ain't me but at some point something's got to bring us together. You know what I mean? Like yeah. something. And, and this is the bigger conversation. Now I feel like I'm, I am talking about the country. Like, man, there are a lot more similarities than there are differences between each and every person in the whole United States. And if we could start there, like it, and, and it goes, it goes back. I won't go any further down that rabbit hole, but, but I will uh, correlate it. You know what I mean? To the Cornet Russo fight. They're just, they're just on polar opposite ends and they refuse to see any similarities or any uh, middle ground because they're so passionate and so dug in in their belief systems. I think there's that's great. I think there's room for that to be dug in. But now we got to figure out how to evolve a little with wrestling, and and it's not potty stuff like like uh, you know when when Vince was writing. It's not. Uh, I don't know, cl- classic, traditional, old school wrestling where you beat people with a body slam. Like it's, it has all evolved. And, uh, I think, I think they just need to g- grow a little bit too. And I know that'll probably g- cause a ruckus. Um, but, it, but if that, you know, just think about it and go like, dang, maybe if we came together, what a, what a powerful force they would be to have like a, if they could get along, what if they did a debate tour? You know what I mean? Where they would make millions. Uh, yeah. and I, and I truly believe that because I'd love to go see it because I'll listen to both of them talk. Uh, they both have a message. They both have points to be made. Then it's up to me to decide, you know what I mean? Then it's, and I'd love, I'd pay money to see that on Netflix actually. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Look, let's face it, the nights are getting longer. That's right. The, it's getting dark before you even get home some nights. But the breeze isn't the only thing that's getting stiff. Yeah, I know the cold winter is upon you. And that means you start to get stove up. That means them knees start locking up. That doesn't have to be the only thing, my friends. That's right. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, we all know that confidence can take you far in life, and that's especially true in the bedroom, especially when it's time to step up to the plate, and that's where Blue Chew comes in. Yes, Blue Chew, that unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead, or you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com and then you consult with one of their licensed medical providers and once you're approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. And the best part, it's all done online. No visits to the doctor's office. No awkward conversations with the nurses you might know there. No waiting in line at the pharmacy where you might see your neighbor or somebody you went to school with and then you're picking up those pills that you want to keep personal. Not here. With Blue Chew. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in the last discreet package that you'll have until next month when you get your next shipment. Look, oh, you didn't know, listeners, we've got a special deal for you, all right? It's time to get off the couch and back to work. So if your tool needs an upgrade, head to bluechew.com and be sure you tell them dog sent you. You want to know why? That's because you could benefit from that extra confidence when it's time to perform. Chew it and do it. Have better sex. We've got a special deal for our podcast listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code DOGG, D-O-G-G, at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code DOGG, D-O-G-G. You're going to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Get the BlueChew.com special right now. $5 shipping. D-O-G-G. Get that dog back in you. Let's get into, uh, let's see actually some of this back and forth that they are going to. Okay. Uh, you can narrate it or you can respond to Jim or break it down however you want to see fit, okay. dog. Because uh, at the end of the day, dog, you've you've done both of their jobs technically. Yeah. You also, you've been an entertainer out there. Some would say the best sports entertainer this side of Bret Hart. Um, well, it's also... Right this side of him, though. Like, it's... <laughs> neck it's and, also... Neck and neck breaker. You've been in the head creative position before. And this is some of the firsthand battle between Cornette and Russo. Let's Who go is this? to... Let's go to a courtesy of official Jim Cornette YouTube channel this is jim Cornette himself about his first big fight with vince russo the story with me and russo that was over china's match that one time we had the thing in the hallway and he went to vince on me it was china now that against I, think who? About it, I don't remember it doesn't matter 
because we had a Monday night raw two hours long. There were eight matches. We did the production meeting and six of the matches were going to end in disqualification. <laughs> and I'm shaking my head already. Right. So I'm one of the agents and, and whatever matches I had and, and not only raw matches, but we did other stuff that night. So I'm flittering around and, and by the way, I was never an agent for China for any of her matches because I was never an agent for anything involving Michaels and Helmsley because Vince already knew how I felt about them after the curtain call. So I was relieved from having anything. It was always either Jack Lanza or Pat Patterson if it was a pay-per-view or whatever. So I never had to fucking work with that group as the agent, and I was. Hey, happy can we with stop that. right I there? Was over with the guys that were. Stop, stop it down right there. Not not because he dropped the f bomb, but <clears throat> I also, longer than I thought. Bob. No, yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to preface that, and I apologize for that for any young uh, people that are listening. If if that <laughs> word offends you, I apologize. But I wanted to stop there for a different reason. Like that's how. Uh, you know, th- this is that happened. The curtain call happened. D- the curtain call and it's and it's um, the people that were involved in it changed the wrestling business forever. Changed it for the better for for athletes for for everybody for the industry. Look at it. It's 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 enormous. It's bigger than it's ever been. It's more profitable than it's ever been. So those gentlemen did that. Whether it was right, wrong, or indifferent, and I say that a lot, but but no matter whose side you're on here, man, it happened. And acceptance is the key. What happened after that was an was a evolution slash revolution. And 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 Vince Russo was kind of at the at the helm of it. You know, the Attitude Era that we I wouldn't have a podcast if it wasn't for the Attitude Era. The real Double J, Jesse James, would not have a podcast. <laughs> um, and and I don't know. Maybe I would. Maybe me and you, Cassie, I would do something after dark. <laughs> yeah, nobody would listen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'd do something after dark because nobody would be watching or or listening. Um, but so what What was I on there? I'm sorry. It was about four uh, times. About the curtain so. call and how he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, he, they, they were not look, his those guys changed, they, they changed the business forever get get past it you know what i mean like that so you you won't work with these guys because because they they did something that and that's yes he says yes the answer to his question is right. you don't want to work with those guys because they did that and you feel like it was giving away kayfabe and the answer for jim Cornette is yes that's exactly how i feel i don't feel that way i mean i i it, was there a part of me that went, oh, my God, what are they doing? Of course there was. I'd been in the business 10 years by then, you know what I mean, or, or however long. Like I, And I, I didn't break in when Jim did, that's for dang sure, but I broke in when it was still very tight-lipped and, and, and you know what I mean? Like it was very still protected. But look, things changed, and it went the other way. So it just makes me feel uncomfortable when I hear him go, look, he already knows how I feel about them. I wasn't working with them. Like, holy crap, we were kind of hot. They were kind of hot. You might, we could have used you, dude. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how I feel about it. We really could have used you because you could have been a good balance. We could have, with you and him together, uh, we would have been unstoppable. You know what I mean? But it was, I don't know, you heard it from his own mouth. He wasn't going to work with those guys. And that's, look, that's, he's as firm in those beliefs as I am in some of mine. So I totally understand it. Let's see what he says. Yeah, let's see more. what's next. And again, I apologize if there's curse words. Put your finger on your mouth. serious earmuffs. about the wrestling business and not being divas or prima donnas. But 
they one of the production assistants comes up because I've got the raw format and I'm working off of it. And if you get if there's any changes, you're supposed to be told. And is they changed the finish? What? In the in trip in uh, China's match with one of the girls, it was a match with a girl. And what is it? No, because she was something happened. She was. He's going to say it's a DQ. There was going to be some fucking business. I think she was going to lose it. They there changed it to a DQ. I said, what? <laughs> yeah, Triple H went in and talked to Russo. <laughs> oh, God damn it. So I go and I find Russo in the hallway. I said, Vince, I said, you just made another one, a DQ. Now we've got seven DQs out of eight matches on this program. <laughs> and it wasn't even who was in it. It was just the idea of that's ridiculous, right? It's just garbage, garbage, lazy booking. I guarantee you that's and not the he tone he used. And he when I said, <laughs> yeah. we've got seven out of eight DQs now. Are we? Do we need to do this? He said, DQ, shmeq, nobody cares, and turned around <laughs> like he was going to walk off from me. <laughs> <laughs> that is I swear hysterical. that's a quote. I DQ, swear that's a quote. Yeah. And now, see, here's the thing. I had gone over to him in the corner of the hall in the arena, if people are walking around, but we're having a quiet discussion. Well, I said, we got quiet. seven DQs. And it's loudly <laughs> yeah. and with a look on his face and like he knows something about wrestling that I don't, which is goddamn <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> and go. this DQ shmeq, nobody cares, and starts to walk away. And that's when I said, well, I tell you what, motherfucker. Oh, here we go. In about a year, year and a half, when you're back running a fucking video store, could you put this whole place out of business? <laughs> And all the all right, cut that. that, cut that, cut that. Yeah, everybody, I'm sure everybody heard that. Um, but he started quietly. He promised. He started conducting himself right. like because he wasn't mad already. <laughs> he said he was shaking his head in the production meeting. Yeah, he, he was, was mad on it from noon. <laughs> he was pissed. He was looking for eleven forty eight. He was angry, and so he was. He and then when they went to that seventh DQ. He couldn't hold his tongue no more. No, but look, I, you know, I, look, I get that. I mean, that is crazy, right? So, but I also get, I don't get it, but I do that nobody cares because if you give them something awesome with a DQ, but it doesn't just end with stop wrestling, ding, 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 this match has ended in a disqualification. You know what I mean? If you give them some bing, bang, boom, and Bob's your uncle at the end of that thing, um, I don't, I don't, I think, I think a DQ kind of is necessary every now and then. You know what I mean? I don't like non finishes, but I think creatively when you're doing five hours of TV a day, a DQ can help you out. A DQ can, can get somebody over or under or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you can, you can utilize those. So I understand saying that. I think it's just both of them are hyperbolic. Like, like he said, DQ shmeek you. <laughs> like already you go like okay this is not a, we're not having a real conversation here yeah. you should I think one you. of us are going to be I think you said you. I'm not sure <laughs> you lost me at shmeek you at shmeek you means. you had me up until shmeek you um shmeek you shmeek you very much um I I don't know so so but you but look this is a this is a valid point and and I'm horrible at communicating with the ones I love. I'm not saying Cornette and Rousseau were in love at this point, but I, I am horrible at communicating when it's something I believe, <laughs> some way I should, I feel like it should go. It should, you know what I mean? And, and so 
I think Jim is probably the same way. And he was excited and he was angry and he just saw the change that came through. Somebody ran up and said, Hey, now they changed that. It's a DQ finish. And, and <laughs> I've look, I've been in his shoes where I quit at TV and walked away. You know what I mean? And said, I'm, I'm, I can't handle this anymore. So, so Jim just going off on somebody is totally, uh, I've done that. A happens bunch of all the too. time, yeah, right? It does. It, it happens, you know? Um, Oh, if you want to learn how to communicate with your wife, just say, love you, shmove you, and walk off. <laughs> turn, turn my back on her. Yeah, yeah just, that'll work. But say it loudly so the whole yeah, place so everybody can hear. everybody hears. Yeah, and then they um, know you love but, her. But, but look, communication is the key, right? And this, and this is the young, younger people understand this uh, a little better than older people do, but they also uh, never been punched in the face. So <laughs> so, so there's a fine line there. Uh but communication, man, is the key. And if, and if, if that's the whole thing, if they could communicate successfully, what a powerful creative force they would be in the wrestling world. That's the, that's the soundbite you should put out there, but it wouldn't get anything. Put the crap where I buried Bret Hart and then, you know, that'll light the world on fire. Let's, uh, let's see this clip. We've got another clip. This is courtesy. Ooh. Of the Hannibal TV on their YouTube channel. I think he's um, interviewed me before. The Hannibal. He's a big old dude too. Yeah, he's he's, he's interviewed he, everybody. Has he worked? Is he a worker? That I do not know. If I say it in Carney, will you understand? Is he a whizzerker? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's a twizzerker. So Hannibal, I want you to send a video to our podcast of you twerking, and we'll put it up there. And, okay, that's a deal. Do, our, well, you have to have pants deal. on. You have to have uh, pants on, Hannibal. Oh, I don't know if we can do it then. Um, but let's get this video of him. This is Vince Russo talking to Hannibal about Jim Cornette being removed from WWE. Again, working. I don't know. Here's where the politics what, come in. I don't know what kind of language is used here, so I apologize in advance. Yes, apologize. At that point, it became me, Vince, and Cornette. Bruce, got at, Bruce took over the talent relations spot. So he was out of the creative altogether. Now it's me, Vince, and Cornette sitting at a table. And now, bro, (laughs) obviously Vince is bringing me in because there needs to be a change. There needs to be a change of thinking. There needs to be a change of philosophy. And while, while the three of us are sitting there, it is crystal clear to me that Vince McMahon and myself are much, much more on the same page than Vince and Jim. And that's when Vince took Jim off of creative, and then it was just him and I. And that was, I remember Cornette was still involved, bro, with the Survivor Series and all that. I I remember it was me, Vince, and Cornette with the screw job. Uh, he was still involved then, you know, the Chainsaw Charlie era and all that. So it had to be the very <laughs> end of December or the very, very beginning of the year in January where it was just Vince and I. Thank you for watching the Hannibal. Oh, we're n- you're welcome, though, Hannibal. Thank you for giving us Vince Russo's take. And look, that's what I wanted to say. Like, we, look, we've heard from, from both of them about... Uh, each other and maybe that's where the heat started but but i don't i don't know i love the fact that he brought up because it tells me exactly when it was 97 he was still on right 97 is when we uh 
was it 97 or 98? We were working with Chainsaw Charlie and them. Um, why are you laughing? Because I can't remember dates. I started laughing oh. because you said, uh, you immediately started laughing when he said Chainsaw Charlie. You were Oh, yeah, I did. I did because it I remember. It put you cha- in a place. It put me there. It put me like, oh, okay, this is what time they're talking about. Um, and it also put me in the, a place of, I remember T- Terry Funk, uh, Jim wanted him to come in so bad and, and Mick Foley and they were on it, on it, on it. And Vince finally said, nobody knows who Terry Funk is. You can put the put you can put a you can and and I think Cornette said you could put a stocking over his face and call him Chainsaw Charlie if you want to <laughs> <laughs> like something that crazy is how it came about it was like okay um, uh, uh, so Chainsaw I, Charlie made his debut yeah. on Raw December 29th, nineteen ninety seven ninety seven end of ninety late ninety seven yeah yeah so wow. he was still there during that. I don't know that. Hey, by the way, I don't know that that's exactly how that story went down, but I heard it was something like that. Like Jim kept kept fighting for him to come in, kept fighting for him to come in, and it was like, why? Why? What are you? What are we doing? You know what I mean? And and he came in, and we made a little. We tried to kill him, and. Hey, that first time he came out of there, he was swinging that thing and gas was flying and everywhere he went like this, gas flew out of it all over the people, all over us. It was crazy. And I was thinking like, it's a goddamn chainsaw. Like he had a chainsaw with a chain on it because he had to cut through the wood. And they were like, "Uh, this is not safe, uh, gentlemen. It was like, oh, we're going to be very far away from him. Then he's in the crowd. Yeah, throwing gas, throwing gas at everybody. Hey, I'll never forget in in uh, in WCW. Terry Funk came to me one day, and we had a six man. And he goes, "I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna light my cowboy hat on fire, and I'm gonna go." Out. And I said, "Well, Terry, they probably won't let you do that. We're in Disney. You know what I mean? We're in Disney Studios. You probably shouldn't." He said, "You think they'll get mad?" I said, "Terry, I think I think they'll probably arrest you. Maybe I don't know." Uh, but he ended up not lighting his hat on fire. What, we had what was a, the purpose 30... of lighting it on fire? He Just thought to it do would, it? He thought people would remember that, and he's right. <laughs> he's way. right. They would have. I think we, this year we should do a Terry <laughs> Funk episode so oh. I can hear you talk like that for two oh, hours. Oh, my Lord. I, I could hey, listen to you all do a whole podcast. What a, and that what a, what a great I'm guy. I'm going my what hair a, on fire. What a man. What a <laughs> man on. Terry Funk was. Do you remember Roadhouse? Like that yeah. Wasn't, it wasn't real when Patrick Swayze beat him up. That wasn't for real. <laughs> <laughs> I just need all oh, Terry Funk quotes in that voice. It's my favorite impression you he do. I just me, found uh, out. He told me that uh, you son of a bitch has tried to kill me, and I said, uh, "I said what happened? What Terry? What happened?" He said, "You power bomb me, and my ass cheek hit the hit the dumpster." <laughs> I was laughing by this time. I said, "What?" So he showed us his his hind end. Uh, and which where Billy, I blame it on Billy every time. Billy power bombed him in the in the dumpster so hard he hit the edge of it, man, and it bruised from the top of his butt cheek to the bottom to like the almost the bottom of his calf. And I'm not even kidding. Was bruised so bad, and it, it looked it looked horrible. Like, oh my god, you should go have that drained or something. Like, and he he wrestled like that for a month after we did the dumpster match in more hardcore matches and stuff where we, me and Billy a couple times and I'm not even kidding. I'm dead serious. Of course we weren't like going to do it, but we did say these words. I'm going to kill him tonight. (laughs) 
I said, let's kill Jerry Funk tonight. <laughs> and Billy would go, okay, okay. And dude, as hard as you hit him. I was about to say, there if you told him that to his face, wouldn't he? It would he'd be, be like, all right, let's it would go. Be, yeah, we'll see you out there. I'm telling you. And and it would put you, it would. It would <laughs> what do you say? Let's kill Terry let's Funk. Kill Terry Funk. <laughs> that's a true, that's a, I'm serious. And that's, let's kill look, Terry I was in a weird tonight. place. I was in a weird place. But what I meant was, I wasn't going to, we weren't going to actually do it. We were just going to beat him up in the ring. But here's what you don't, what I didn't really realize until about uh, six months and I'm working around the loop with him because I'm stupid. He's the toughest man ever made in America. And no matter how, how hard you hit him, um, he throws a left punch that you don't, you don't see a lot of, you know what I mean? You don't see a lot of left-handed people. And so the last thing you expect to, to receive is from you kicking him or hitting him in the head is just a left <laughs> swinging like Bradshaw's clothesline, but this part of his hand right here, how do I show that? That part right there just hits you in the neck or in the head it's or a club. It like a boat or like, I mean, like a, I don't even know what, like a cricket bat. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to get international here for you. Um, and it hurt so bad that you would literally just tag out or, or cry or something. I cried a couple of times. I cried when the first night of boot camp and I cried one time when Terry Funk hit me really hard. Did he, uh, did he talk a lot in the ring? Oh he, yes. Uh, yes. And it's, <laughs> And it's all nonsense, like but it, it makes, something. well, the, I told you on the last episode where he said the ARP to my dad, like the topic of the day was AARP in the, in the back. So he literally said, ARP, ARP, ARP the whole time, the whole match. So, so he would do stuff like that. Like whatever we talked about in the back, like, you know what I mean? Like it was whatever, you know what I mean? To take wrist tape, you know what I mean? Ah, wrist tape, you know, he's just going like, what are you? And then we talk and, you know, you look, they, you talk a lot in there if you're comfortable. And with those guys, we were very comfortable. And I, and I, I don't know how comfortable he was with us. We were trying to kill him. Um, I need a, but I, I can tell I need you this art much. chant like the yes when yeah. we come out. Art, art, <laughs> and, and, uh, so we, we tried to kill, or let's let's to kill Terry Funk is on the front of the shirt, and on the back it's like, we came, we saw, he kicked our ass. You know what I mean? That's we that's didn't. all there is to yes, it. We did. We did. <laughs> yeah, let's kill, so kill we Terry did. Funk. Nope. We, we did not. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, where are we at? What are we I, talking who cares? about? Oh, Terry let's Funk. just do more Terry Funk. <laughs> yeah, I did get off on a tangent there, but that's. Uh, well, it's because it's my new favorite impression. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sorry, and now now you put me on the spot with it. I'm I'll screw it about up. But killed me. But, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, Cornet and Russo was the conversation. Here. We yes. went off on that because of Cornet trying to get Terry Funk in there because Terry Funk is a traditionalist wrestling man's favorite. But then he even migrated over to the to the not so traditional um, ECW stuff. You know what I mean? So so. What are you going to do? You know, you well, grow do you, or you go. 
Do you remember when Cornette is removed from that riding squad? What was the I, dynamic like? Do you remember I, it personally? I do not. Obviously, I do not. I didn't even remember he was still working with us when Chainsaw Charlie was there. But, <laughs> so but you I don't guess, remember it? You weren't aware of issues at that moment in the heat? No, not at all. Because I thought, look, we were on top of the world. I thought everything was going great. You right. know what I mean? And so, so, and honestly, I wasn't involved a lot. I wasn't involved in the creative. Like, I trusted Hunter would look out for me. I trusted Sean would look out because we were attached to them. Anything that looks bad on us looked bad on them. I trusted that they had my best interests at heart, and I I knew they had the ear. Uh, you heard Cornette uh, talking about talking about that. Um, so I, I just trusted, and I didn't get involved creatively. I would get involved in the creative of my match or whatever. But like, I show up to TV, and hey, what are we doing? I would like to think that's what people liked about me. Hey, if he's coherent enough, he'll just do what you ask him. Um, right. So, so I don't know. You know what I mean? I, I trust. I wasn't involved heavily inside the creative um, process because I was partying and making a lot of money and being on top of the wrestling world. And you- I lost my way, <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> Well, you've talked about how Russo has uh, really pushed that attitude era, and yeah. uh, and maybe not the exact idea, but you he helped yeah, make it, was, it blossom. Look, you talked about it earlier. It's outside the box thinking. I mean, right. look at that hairdo, bro. Come on, you, and look at the that's the outside the box. Yeah, this well, is how he came to work, bro. And, and he says, "Bro," like forty times during this very <laughs> conversation. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, I'm fighting something, but yeah, he, I mean, he was the he was the outside the box guy. When wrestling had been wrestling for so long that it was wrestling, he was outside the box and he changed the game. And along with the help of Jim Cornette, because you see he's still here during the early years of the Attitude Era. Um, so I don't know, man. I don't know. These guys, these two guys can't get along and I want them to because I well, think they would be awesome. Those two gentlemen in the picture we just showed on our YouTube channel, if you're watching along with us, Vince McMahon and Russo. Oh, Russo yeah. takes a lot of credit and, and rightly so. He deserves a lot. Do you, what do you think his credit should be maybe to, uh, compared to Vince in the Attitude Era itself? Compared to Vince McMahon? Yes. Uh, I would say they're equal. If they both sat there and wrote, they, they both had uh, equal input. Now, look, Vince is the boss, and it's good to be the king. If you, if you don't like your idea, he's going to tweak it or he's going to change it. But I, if they're working together, they're working together. And, and that's why one thing, like I don't feel like it's fair for anybody and I mean anybody, anybody, to take credit for what was done during this time in wrestling or that time in wrestling. Man, there's so many uh, entities involved in creating that special moment. From writing it on paper to running it by talent and they make it their own or they keep it exactly the way but they add their flair to it or that you know what I mean? And you then you gotta go out there on live TV and execute it. You need cameramen to shoot it and guys to replay it and you know what I mean? Like it's such a team um effort. It's like it's it's uh, literally it takes a village, and so for one person to go and look, I know I get caught up in that. Oh, I was writing when that happened. Yeah, I was. That's a fact. I yeah. didn't it wasn't all me. That's for dang sure. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't, I can't own five years or four years of SmackDown time because a lot of it was me, but also a lot of it was a hundred other people. And so 
It's always weird when one person gets the credit. Was he writing all of our DX stuff? Yeah, yeah, he was writing us into scenarios, and I say that all the time. It's very important to me because he didn't script us stuff to say. He wrote us into scenarios, and we acted our way out of them. That's my, that's my DX statement, blanket statement. When Russo left the WWF for WCW, did you think he was going to succeed in the business? Or did you, what do you remember? Yeah, about no, him I thought, look, I, I thought he would succeed. What I didn't realize was that, was that um, society, the culture, had moved past that. Mm-hmm. And it was now, um, and I, look, maybe it's just me, and I'm okay if that's the answer. But something happened during that time period where what he was doing now was gross and offensive and Jerry Springer. <laughs> and right. what he was doing with us was funny and entertaining. If that's me saying that, I'm quite all right with that answer because that's the way I saw it. But I, I almost feel like it, it was a, it was bigger than that. Like it was, he's what the things he was Viagra on a pole match, Judy Bagwell. And a, you know what I mean? Like things that are, yeah, he became the champion. Like I, things that might have worked during the attitude era, but it didn't work now. And I don't know why but I didn't like it either. You know what I mean? So, so I guess that's why it was, it just wasn't, it wasn't good or entertaining, but I thought he would succeed because he had succeeded before that. You know what I mean? So I just thought you got a great track record. Look, I don't think he, you know, I I don't, I don't know. I'm not smart enough to know dollars and cents. And if he ran WCW in the ground, I just see it as that was, that was the way it was all supposed to be. I also believe in a higher power and things happen the way they're supposed to. And, and then when they happen, whether you like them or not, you kind of got to get over it and move on. You know what I mean? And yeah. so it's, it's the, the transition of two companies to one company. Now we're back at two and, and uh, one is about to get a better television show because of Mike Mansuri. Shout out to <laughs> Mike Mansuri. Uh, what was your relationship like with Cornette when he went to OVW? Did you have any? Was it the I did same not. as when you went in? No, I did not. And to be quite honest with you, I never had. I don't think I ever had one interaction with the OVW. Uh, I think I was gone by then. You know what I mean? By the time. Or either I just didn't know about it. But I never went down there. I didn't. I didn't really know it existed, to be quite honest with you. Um, and I know a lot of guys that are huge in the industry now, uh, are huge in a lot of different industries now, went through there. Um, but I honestly think it was kind of after my run uh, while I was in, in inebriated. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But, but you didn't have a falling out, so to speak. You just... No, no, I just kind of just like, went just out like, of contact. Yeah, just well. like when you got friends in the wrestling business, and he goes elsewhere to work. Yeah, and you go like, oh, okay. Well, if I but if I saw Jim Cornette tomorrow, it would be a handshake and a hug, and a, I mean that's just that's where what we're where we're at in yes. our relationships. Same for Vince Russo. Uh, I wouldn't talk politics with either one of them. He <laughs> when <laughs> Russo left uh, for WCW, did you? Same thing, just lose contact with him? You weren't yeah. still talking to him at all, were you? No, it, it wasn't. Like, it wasn't a one thing or another. It was just like, he's gone. Now what do we do? We just yeah. keep going, right? We got to, the show must go on. And so, you know, I, I don't know. I, I wish I was, I wish I would have been more uh, attentive to, to what was going on around me in the, in the industry because it sure wouldn't have been such a tough road 
Excuse me, I'm going to throw up. Um, and when I'm done puking, I'll get back to talking to you guys. No, but I, uh, yeah, I, I wish I would have been more attentive. You know what I mean? And 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 it would have been a lot uh, easier. But but that's not that's again that's not how it was supposed to happen. Right. Um, it happened exactly the way it was supposed to happen, and here we are. Were you surprised to see Russo when he popped up at TNA? Yeah. Yeah, I was. Um, but I knew Jeff and him had a relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they, 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 in my mind, had a better relationship than he and I had. Um, just because they had worked together and in and you know uh, collaborated on, on a lot of stuff. Um, so I, I think Jeff probably has a better relationship than I. And that's what we could talk about on another podcast. Is is now Vince Russo and Jeff Jarrett uh, <laughs> uh, going at it over Twitter? Um, um, but I noticed Vince keeps saying, "If you want to hear my response." Uh, dip behind the pay window. I'll tell you what he said. If somebody wants to pay that for me, um, I'm not going to pay it. Uh, was Russo, uh, you know, look, you were a different human. You've, you've said it in many episodes before yep. your time in TNA. Uh, but was Russo any different? Did he seem the same guy to you at that time? Yeah. Like compared yeah, yeah, to yeah. when you worked with him in WWE? Yeah, except, um, tell you the truth. He was never chaotic or never, you know, never cussed me out. We had gotten one argument that I think I've mentioned on here before where he did script something I was supposed to say, and I, I was not going to say it. And he got I said something smart aleck and he said something smart aleck and I wanted to be the bigger smart aleck. So I yelled at him and threw the paper in his face. Um, but then, he, then we had to go to Vince's office and he made us shake hands and make up. Um, and so, 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 but, but look, he was the same guy, except he became a Christian and he was trying to live a different life and trying to, and I don't know what he did behind the scenes. Cause it was like, I was partying, but it wasn't with him. You know what I mean? And so I didn't know what he did if he did anything. Um, but I know he was trying to live a better life. And, and at that point I was too, I wasn't done using drugs, but I was trying to be better, a better man. Um, it just took a couple more years for me to for me to hit that final rock bottom. But yeah, he, he was the same guy. That's the thing is they're both the same guy. Uh, it's so funny because one's from Louisville and one's from New York, and it's just uh, yeah. the perfect odd couple. And that's why I think like a live show with those two, if they had a mediator, it'd have to be <laughs> stinking uh, Tank Abbott. Uh, but <laughs> Terry but, uh, Falk. Let's yeah, get Terry Falk have to be ter- Okay, Mr. Cornett, you go first. <laughs> okay, Russo, what do you got to say, you egg-sucking dog? So, 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 so I would think that would be great. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, one time for a shoot on Smoky Mountain, so it's Cornette related. Terry Funk did an interview where he was going to fight my dad, and he said, "Bob Armstrong, your wife is a whore." <laughs> and he said that on television, and and he said, "Your sons are all bastards." <laughs> and 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 yeah, I mean, on TV. When he got done with this promo, I personally, it's probably the reason, fast forward 10 years, I said, let's kill Terry Funk. It probably, he said, your sons are all bastards. Like, holy mackerel. It was the most heated thing I'd ever heard other than the flame, a.k.a. the assassin, a.k.a. Jody Hamilton, putting my dad's picture on a tree and cutting a promo while he shot it with a three fifty seven Magnum. Yeah. Yeah. That's out there, too. You can see that on, uh, it's so old, but it's awesome. Yeah. Um, but, like, I'd heard him, Terry do that, and I just thought, I hope my dad kills this guy, you know, and, <laughs> and then dad beat him, but he didn't kill him. So I had to try. 
10 years yeah, later. It's like a I movie. I was like, I remember you, son. I'm <laughs> holding the flag my, my dad. You called my mama. <laughs> you old son of a beast. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, great story. God, can we take... popped on it myself. Let me tell you what else is incredible, my friend. What's me that? and you know firsthand, brother. Jimmy's oh, famous about, seafood. You're talking about Jimmy's seafood, ain't you? Woo-hoo-hoo. It ain't just Jimmy's seafood, it's Jimmy's famous seafood. And if you know anything about seafood, you know why this place is famous for it. Because it's out of Baltimore and it gets the freshest and the finest seafoods in the land. Go ahead with them. Here's the best thing now, dog. Uh, it ships nationwide. You don't just have to go to Baltimore to experience Jimmy's Famous Seafood. It is destination house. place when you're there. But now, ship it right to your house, dude. I got some. Hey, hold up. I got some uh, crab cakes sent to my house. Oh. Best crab cakes I've ever eaten in my life. Watch out now. Yeah, and don't don't even talk about the dead gum. Go ahead, keep reading. I'm sorry, I'm getting my mouth watered. Uh, you're talking about the world's best colossal Maryland crab cakes. Oh, oh. to die for. Incredible. Now look, bro, those are to die for, bro. Hey, you're sitting there, and you're after Christmas, the beginning of the new year. Maybe you're done with all the Christmas food. You're done with all the New Year's partying. You got that little Christmas money in your pocket, and you're going, what are we going to spend it on? What are we going to spend it on, Jimmy's How about you get the best package ever from our friends at Jimmy's Famous Seafoods? The Famous Gift Box. You get four of those colossal crab cakes, two different crab soups, crab dip, seafood seasoning, and their signature-based sauce. Or you can get that tailgate bundle, buddy. We are here coming up towards the end of football season. How about you get two pounds of wings, full rack of BBQ ribs, pint of crab dip, and crab cake mix. Or you can create your own package from whatever your favorites are. Over 40 years in the business. If you're one of the boys, you know. You know. Go eat at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. Oh, you you didn't know? Been on Diners, Dive, Ends, and Drives. Beat Bobby Play and more right now. Look, you used to have to only go when you yeah, were in Baltimore. To Baltimore now, and eat it. Ship right ship to wherever you Ship it right to my are. house. Yeah. Free two-day shipping in orders of over $125, excluding steamed crabs and fresh items. All you got to do is use the promo code... Dog. D-O-G-G, dog. Yeah, That's right. G's. Free two-day nationwide shipping. That means uh, you order it now. Mm, by the beginning mm, of the mm, next week, you're going to be ready mm, to go mm, eating all the beautiful mm, Jimmy's mm, famous. You gonna find out why they're famous is what you're gonna do. Jimmy's famous seafood. Mm. Jimmy's famous seafood. Mm. Jimmy's famous seafood. Uh, uh, send me some crab cakes. Send me effing crab cakes. <laughs> send stinking crab cakes on Jimmy. All right. <laughs> That's what I do before I go in. I sing that same song every time. Give me crab cakes. Mm, Instead mm, of shake mm. your crab cakes. Mm, 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 well, cra- crab, crab cakes by the ocean. I think there was a song. Crab the- cakes <laughs> by the ocean. <laughs> One of the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> he was running on a car tattooing my brain up my butt. I don't know. <laughs> what That's how the song goes. Imagine somebody that's listening You're next, Mr. Russo. Right <laughs> Russo. Mr. Russo, I believe it's your turn. Your time for a counterpoint. Uh, you have By the two way, minutes. your mother's a whore. <laughs> By the way, Mr. Russo, you are not from Texas, are you, sir? <laughs> You're not from Texas. Um, let's get bro, back into no, this. I'm not from Texas, bro. <laughs> bro, I'd love to see him call Terry Funk a bro to his face. <laughs> bro. 
Uh, one, time Ra- one time Randy Orton called Vince dude. Hey, dude. How'd that go? And then Randy walked away and Vince said, he just called me a dude. <laughs> I was like, yes, sir, he did. I said, it felt funny when he did it to me, too. <laughs> um, uh, Cornette has said constantly that Russo didn't know anything <laughs> about wrestling, and all he booked was Crash TV and Jerry Springer. Thoughts, dog. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. Right. But, but neither did like a bunch of people watching television. You know what I mean? Like the ratings said otherwise. The ratings agreed that that was appropriate for the time. You know what I mean? It was different than what he thought, uh, he being Jim, but it's what America bought and, and that we kind of moved in that crazy, raunchy direction and and it, it worked. You know what I mean? And maybe it was Crash TV. Of course it was. It's why it burned out so fast. Right. Uh, but but it was it was bright. It was a shine bright like a dame. And it was, uh, you know, it was a comet that burned bright, the Attitude Era was. And so it, it burned out. But, like, I don't know. That's where we went. That's what was needed right then. That's what was – that's what was – asked for because we gave them a taste and they asked for more. So that's what, that's what was asked for. So that's what we gave them. And, and you could be mad about the, the way the wrestling business has, has evolved or digressed or whatever regressed, I guess what, however you feel, but what's, you're just going to be mad then. You know what I mean? (laughs) I don't know. I'm not, I don't, I don't necessarily like everything I see on there today and don't necessarily like everything I'm involved with creatively sometimes, but I'm a 53-year-old man, and I don't think I'm the target audience. And if I am, I think your business model's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) On the flip side, Russo has said constantly, uh, to paraphrase, of course, that Cornette booked everything based on Southern wrestling and didn't know how to adapt to current eras. You've touched on that. That has got truth to it as well, right? So, yeah, but I think it's a blanket statement that says it makes it sound like Jim doesn't know anything about wrestling uh, or – who was that or that that, uh, southern wrestling is wrong yeah it's wrong so so, no it doesn't and and there's a great history and a great deal of just like there is canadian wrestling just like there is in northeast wrestling just like there is in midwest wrestling and west coast wrestling very prominent territories in those days that that grew a lot of great wrestlers out of them and so having knowledge of that and booking knowledge about that holy crud you could do it again any time and it would work because people weren't even born when you did it last in Memphis. You know what I mean? So, so to, to have that knowledge is, is invaluable. Um, and I think it's not fair to say he had no idea about uh, eras because that's not true. He's half, he could do what he would, his ideas on every show. Jim Cornette could do his ideas on every show and 50% of the people would like them and not know the difference because I think at their core, they're both, uh, like entertaining wrestling guys, but Jim Cornette's the better, the smarter wrestling, uh, the knowledge as far as that goes for sure. Like he's a historian and he still watches and studies and all that stuff. So he's, he has knowledge like that. I don't know, uh, if anybody has as much as he does. So to, to make it sound like he has no knowledge of new, of, a new, you know, emerging eras or whatever, like, eh, that's not fair to say. Uh, because like I said, he could book the, the show and I guarantee you half the people, because look, that's what we're doing now. We're doing a lot of Memphis, but turn the refs back and bing, bang, boom. And here we go. And it's entertaining and it's awesome. And it's good television. It's good wrestling matches. That's why we do it. So that, those are all like under the guise of a, of a Jim Cornette philosophy. 
um, and events Rousseau philosophy, to be quite honest with you, uh, because of the chaos and the run-ins and the, the, you know, that was very attitude era. So I just think there's more, um, man, there's more similarities than there are differences. I know I've said that before, but I can't get away from that statement. What, what do you think about this statement? Russo can work with Jim, but it seems like Jim can't work with Russo. Oh, I don't, I don't know. You know the guys. I, 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 I do know the guys and I can see that. I can okay. see that. However, I don't know that. Right. I don't know that, uh, you know, it, it seems like now, holy mackerel, now things have been said that, that there would have to be a real sit down and, and come to Jesus with both of them together. And I don't think Jim believes in Jesus. And so I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if, you know what I'm saying? I just don't know yeah. if we could, if they could do it now after, you know, I'd love for them to say it's water under the bridge, but holy mackerel at the water. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. There is some water been under that bridge, son. And, and uh, talk about gray, peeing on graves and fighting them here and doing this there. And just <laughs> such such like animosity you just go like man these two guys hate each other um i don't know why (laughs) (laughs) uh before we get out of here let's just get one more if you got a vince story and you got a corny story maybe one for the road here on both of us maybe something you hadn't shared with us yet about russo okay um you know me and russo just i this is not going to be, uh, you know, sexy because it doesn't have to do with burying him or anything. Um, we actually, during this year, 2022, that we talked about at the open, um, we reconnected. And we, look, I had blocked him on Twitter because I was writing the show and he's DMing me, telling me how he can make the show better. And I'm thinking, dude, I'm just trying to hang on to, to my job right. with my stinking fingers like I'm riding a bull you know what I mean and trying to stay sober and trying to write the show and then you're telling me how crappy I'm doing and like it it was just not the time you know what I mean and so I blocked him on Twitter and so we didn't communicate for a long time and then he got my number and called me about and offered me uh uh, you know the the opportunity to do the podcast with him on Sports Kita and so it was look it was big of him to call we talked we we ironed it all out. Like it was, there was nothing really to iron out. It was just kind of like me saying, dude, I couldn't take it because I was cracking. You know what I mean? That ain't nothing on you. That's on me. I, I, uh, I couldn't take the, uh, you know, the criticism anymore. It was, I heard it all on Twitter. Every time you open the thing on Twitter, somebody's got something negative to say about you. Um, and that's whether you're the lead writer of SmackDown or just a guy posting about his hoagie sandwich. Um, so, so, that's I weird. don't know. I love the guys. You know what I mean? I, I love the guys. I don't have an interesting Vince story, but like I, we just re, we just reconnected this past year, and and you, I appreciate. You think that. he was coming at that as a, a a friend, and really coming maybe deep down, he was trying to help you out. I think but both. I think it came both. off wrong. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think as... it was. I don't think it was uh, him reaching out to make peace so we could do the podcast. I don't think it because he wasn't getting me rich. You know what I mean? He wasn't. Yeah. Uh, we weren't paying the. We were paying the light bill, and that was about it. Um, but but so it wasn't like he was really. But he did think of me, and called me, and we. You know what I mean? So it meant it meant something to me. Um, whether he thought it would be marketable or thought it would be good or whatever, you know what I mean? It was also, I had just, uh, been released. And so fi- trying I'm, to find I'm something. I'm at the, the, the messages in your DMS, 
You think legit he oh, was trying oh. to help a friend out and it you just weren't in that place to receive it yet? Or do you maybe, think it was a, what are you maybe, doing, bro? Maybe, what, but it, 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 it felt... And More again, attacking. this could be totally me, man, because it was the it was the temperature of the day when I was the lead writer of SmackDown. To to I would literally read on Twitter, "You should be taken out in the street and run over by a dump truck." You know what I mean? Like it's it's that you should be fired. Right. You should be this. You should be. And it's like, man. And so it it was hard to go on there to begin with. And then he's DMing me. And he wasn't doing anything bad. He wasn't saying you. It wasn't like that. But it was hard to hear because I'm hearing it all the time anyway. You know what I mean? And so it was just like I gotta, yeah, I got I gotta tap out of this. You know what I mean? Start calling it from everybody. Yeah. All right, we got a ton of fan questions, as you can imagine. We've probably touched on a little bit of it, but let's try to get to all of them here and then get out of here, dog. Uh, but first, let's throw it to our buddy Conrad Thompson so he can tell everybody, hey. Some of y'all might be out there and put Christmas yep. on a credit card. <laughs> Savewithconrad.com. He can hook you up. Check it out. NMLS number 65084. Equal housing lender. Woo! The five-star reviews are in, and it's confirmed. Savewithconrad.com can save you thousands. Jimmy E. writes that we saved his family more than $1,000 a month. James S. says we saved his family more than $1,200 a month. But how much can you save? It's free to find out right now at Savewithconrad.com. But if you've got a second mortgage, if you've got credit card debt, or even worse, if you're in a 30-year loan, it's not a matter of if we can save you money, but a matter of how much at Savewithconrad.com. All right, dog. Questions from the fans or the skanks, as we like to call them. We, that's what we're. Why'd you call them that? You started that. No, ma'am. Many episodes ago. No, no, sir. Our that fans was... are skanks. Okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, I, look, at... I know that didn't happen, and I'd like to throw the replay flag. Oh, um, buddy. <laughs> I can't wait till we post that. I'm just that kidding. No. I'm just kidding. I remember I, it, but I threw it out there like negatively. It felt. It no, stuck. but you said we're all skank. It stuck. Are you a skank? The skankiest. See, we're all. I'm. Skank. Uh, what's her name? Swank. I'm skank. I'm <laughs> Hillary about, Skank. I thought you. Were, I was going to tell you put the shovel down. I thought you were going to. What's her name? You know that big skank. I'm as skanky as her. That's what I thought you were going to get with. You were going wordplay, no, and I like yeah, that. Yeah, Hillary, Hillary, Hillary Skank. They call you Hillary Skank. Uh, not saying Hillary Swank is one. No, uh, no. WWE but her tramp stamp is does. <laughs> Sorry. WWE Master Twenty Eighteen. Uh, he says, uh, "Ask Dog, did Cornette want to strangle Russo over the brawl for all? And what do you think of the vignettes?" Produced by Russo called The Blonde Bitch Project in 1999. Whoa. I have no idea what that last part is. Okay. You don't like, know about I, the uh, BB Project? I do not project. know about uh, the double B. Uh, <laughs> the Blonde Lady Project. <laughs> uh, but what BBP. about Brawl for um, All? But the Brawl for All, I'm sure Cornette wanted to strangle him for Brawl for All. Like, look, everybody looks back and like, oh, this was a horrible thing. But we... We still talk about it, and it and it is from an out. You got to give Russo this from an outsider's point of view. That's not fair to say. From a from a smart Mark's point of view, okay. That that, that like that. Don't, don't you wonder who the toughest wrestler is? Like, yes. haven't you ever thought? Like, I wonder who the two could just beat the crap out of everybody. Correct. This was almost an opportunity to see that. And it was as close as you were going to get. And so the, the concept is attractive and, and interesting to me. 
Um, and I know it didn't, it didn't uh, go that way, but man, I remember Bart Gunn got a brand new, uh, got a brand new bag, a uh, brand new, um, amount of respect and, and then got his block knocked off by a guy who was a professional boxer. Um, but, but, but like it was holy mackerel, this was an opportunity to maybe see like if two guys got in a fight, who would win? Um, as close as you could go with, with, uh, phony baloney wrestling. Uh, at Cinefficial says, by the way, guys, just wanted to chime in, saw Brett Hart trending. All I could think about was how much better of an entertainer Brian <laughs> R.D. James is. And just hearing three deep clone rad in my ear telling me about making my balls look pretty. Listen, I'm a skank. It is what it is. So could I just say that I, that gentleman is a gentleman, right? I believe so. It's a what, cartoon for their picture, but I want to go, gentlemen. What was the name again? Sinofficial. Sinofficial. S Y N I F I. Yeah, I love whoever that is. He's I a do. Skank. I love it. They, they're a skank. Yep, they're right with me. And let's go. I mean, I don't know what you consider yourself, how you identify, but I skank. identify as yeah, skank. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, for sure. and at some points in the early mornings, my wife says skunk. 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 Yeah. Um, on Instagram, at a wrestling historian uh, says, if the New Age Outlaws debut was coming out of a giant box, would you and Billy have been instantly <laughs> over? Thanks in advance. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Didn't they? Did we just watch the one about Jeff coming out in the giant box? My yeah. father sent me a gift from the Bahamas. Uh, <laughs> and so, yes, of course. Here came Mankind and Jimmy Jack Funk, uh, Terry Funk. Train saw Charlie out of there, instantly over. Highest paycheck, biggest biggest paycheck I ever got. Francis Reyes, who do you think that, uh, he's talking about Cornette and Russo, you think they could ever be friends and what would it take? Like you said, big big company just means. They got to sit down, man. They got to sit down in somewhere where they're, but it has to be known up front. Like it's almost like a stinking intervention, but with a mediator, you know what I mean? And I guess even interventions have a mediator, but, but it's, they got to know going in, we're going to try this. I'm going to try. You know what I mean? Right. They both have to give a valiant effort. Like, because if not, upon sight, I think it sparks off. You know what I mean? If, yeah. if, if they don't, if they just run into each other somewhere, I don't think, I think the raw emotions pop up too fast. I think they got to plan this and sit down and, and know we're going to the beer garden uh, to to settle this. You know what I mean? We're going to go and, and hammer this out. And whether they're willing to do that or not, like, I don't know. But I honestly think there's money on the table with those two guys as a creative force in, in our business. Michael Double M, he's Double M X Punk on Twitter, says, Two-parter, dog, do you have a better Cornette or Russo impression? Yeah, probably Russo, and you've heard it a few times. It's not good. Bro. Uh, but, yeah, it's just saying bro a lot, really, and trying to sound like What about Corny? You don't have a real bro. I don't have a corn. I don't have a corn. get loud with Because him. I feel like I kind of sound like him anyway, right? I'm just a redneck, right? Just... Heard you've got a good Terry Funk. Nope. Nope. No, really? Now, his wife, I can imitate. Well, no. <laughs> I don't know. Terry. <laughs> In my head, does she talk just like him? <laughs> she talks exactly Terry. like him. Uh, he said, second, are any of these two, Cornette or Russo, a better sports entertainer than Bret Hart. Mm, that's tough. Do, is both acceptable? Yeah, yeah. Okay. If so, you yeah, rank yeah, sports yeah, yeah. entertainers, gonna... 
and yeah. we just had those three, where would you rank them? I'll say right ab- right above. You know what okay. I mean? Like Cornette one, Russo two, Brett. Okay, that's fair. It looks you're ranking. I mean, yeah, it's my story, yeah. right? And I'm, right. we may as well. Everybody hates my guts for it anyway. It's either that or some something else you hate me for. Um, but I appreciate you listening. I have a good time, whether you like like it or not. You know. Well, guess who else has a good time? Yambag Jones and Ooh, Yambag. Yambag. I've been interacting with you, with with YB a little oh. bit on uh, on Twitter. Oh, AFS Yams, as he's known. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> speaking of a brawl for all. Is he that ad-free show? Yeah, ad-free yams. shows yams. Okay. Do you know you, this character? No. No, I know he's a yam bag. How come we how come we hadn't met him yet at a Top Guys convention? Uh, just because he has F, uh, ads free on there don't necessarily mean he's what a if top we guy. Had, what if we have, and this is his alter ego? What? Right? It's what Super it's Dave. She? It's Super Rep. It's Ashley the Cupcake Princess. It's too funny for Bond Water Super Dave. <laughs> Yambag says, who'd win in a shoot fight right now, Cornetto Russo? Woo! I don't know what Russo's got in the tank. Okay. But I know, uh, I don't know if he knows karate, but I know Jim knows crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't, I don't know. That's a great question. Just like with the, maybe if we had a brawl for all. With these two in That's there, what I'm saying maybe the brawl it's for still all. Still a good idea. Maybe the brawl for all uh, precedes the sit down. You know what I mean? Mm. So we get him full. It's like it's like running a pit bull. It's like uh, get the energy the, out. Get him to hang on the tree. You know what the I mean? Dude, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get him and then teach him to sit, and then okay. introduce him to your child. Then you know what I mean? <laughs> like then now we're talking. So yeah, let them beat each other up a little bit. But I don't know who would win that thing. But yeah, let them let them tire themselves out like uh, like when you're wrestling the alligator. You kind of got to get the fire out of them before you lay on top of them, you know. Uh, Austin Williams wants to know, how did Jim Cornette and Vince Russo feel about DX and the New Age Outlaws? You've said Russo mm-hmm. helped it grow. Maybe what was the flip side? What do you remember, I, Cornette? I, you know, and I, I, so I'm afraid that like we heard from the clip earlier in the episode that I wasn't around Jim in the creative process much because he didn't like Sean and Hunter. You know what I mean? Because they did the curtain call. And so that's, you know, that's his prerogative and that's his right. But that's why I wasn't, I didn't even know he was on the creative team still because I just, right. but, it, but again, that's not that he wasn't uh, transparent or, 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 uh, you know, accessible. It was just cause I was in, in La La Land. And so, um, and if he wasn't in on those meetings and, and, and you wouldn't have had much to do with him day to day anyway. Uh, yeah, as yeah, far as at all. At you got to focus and, on you. And and so, I don't know how much he was involved in the DX run. I'd actually love to talk to him about that someday. You know what I mean? And and get those answers for myself. Sebastian Lalonde. Oh my God, I love you, sir. He says Sebastian Lalonde. My God, I really think Russo did some good stuff, but since Attitude Era, I can't see something good from him. I think Cornette lives in the past, but he's a legend at what he did. Yep. Great manager. I, I Look, I think those are two facts that could live together happily ever after. You know what right. I mean? Like, uh, the Attitude Era is a pretty big notch in your friggin' belt. You know what I mean? Like, to me, and the guy states that. He did some great stuff. Hadn't seen much since the Attitude Era. 
Can't deny that. Went to WCW. It didn't kind of go so well. So I totally see the guy's point. Uh, Sebastian Salon. Uh, Sebastian Lelon. Lelon. Come on, somebody got the lost little But but and 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 Cornette is exactly what he said he was. A legend at what in this business and great manager and maybe living in the past a little bit when it's when it comes to wrestling. You know what I mean? And and his ideas and philosophies about professional wrestling. But that doesn't stop you from being a productive citizen of America. You know what I mean? Right. Like, is it? He just he just longs for yesteryear, and oh man, don't I too? You know what I mean? Uh, and so I don't I don't think that's a bad thing. I think the knowledge he has is is priceless, um, and I think he could help anybody at anywhere if he wanted to. I don't know that he what he wants to do right now in his stage of life, but I think Jim and and Vince both. Could, could offer help, you know what I mean, to the, to to some of these companies. And I don't look. I don't think it's going to work out that way for this company. But but there's other companies running wrestling shows and television shows that I think they could both uh, be welcome additions to, even if they were added at the same time. Uh, very interesting. <laughs> and you might might say three might be them going at it in the men's bathroom. Um, and when I say going at it, I don't mean fighting. No, well, I mean they are using their manscape. Items. <laughs> Sorry. I went off the rails again. Uh, Daniel Ellis says, as a bi-weekly Cornet listener, I am biased. Is there something about Russo I have missed? I despised his WCW run, and yep. every bad idea in TNA got blamed on Vinny Rue. Can BGJ defend any of it? Change my mind. I think that's what some people get lost is they're starting with the WCW run when, in fact, he helped their the big run in WWF. He helped the Attitude Era, which everybody loves so much. So maybe he's getting blamed for that. <laughs> Can I tell you something? I'm sorry. You're going to have to read that again. Sami Zayn, this is happening in real life, sent me a text that said, Road Dog wrestled The Rock and Steve Austin while high. <laughs> and he said... It's a picture of me standing in between rock and so cold, and it says, "Is this news?" <laughs> is this news? Put, just text him back. Oh, Let's kill I did. Long. I did. I said, "No, sir, it's not." Um, I mean, it's 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 news, but it's really old news, <laughs> like really old. Um, literally thirty is this years news? old. <laughs> like, good lord! <laughs> All right. What I was going to say, he said. Uh, he despised the WCW run and everything in TNA got blamed on him, which we touched on. But my point is, I think that's what some people uh, forget about the WWF run that Russo had, which yeah. was great things. It was the attitude era that yeah. a lot of us loved. Yeah, the tail end of his career didn't go, WCW didn't go well. I think right. TNA. I think TNA got a lot of things got blamed on him um, that maybe weren't all his to take. You know what I mean? And, I, and and it goes back to what I say again about just how many people are involved in these creative processes um, and how one misstep at one level in that process changes the game. And so, so I don't know, you know, you'd have to really dig down deep and go through some, uh, some, some history to find all this was Vince Russo's fault. You know what I mean? And, and, and say that. Uh, proudly and confidently, like no, it's a it takes a team, and 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 the team either agreed with that 
decision to move forward or something, but, but like it's on, it's on everybody. You know what I mean? It's not just on one person. Um, Brad Stanton over on AFS on the uh, top guys post. He says, seems like Vince was up for almost anything, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, he's talking about who McMahon or Russo. Vince Russo. Yeah, he, he was. And he was, and it was craziness, but, but remember that time? It was craziness. It was Jerry Springer was actually a television show that like got ratings and stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it, we think it's idiocracy now. What about that time? You know what I mean? Fast forward to to uh, right. thirty years, twenty eight years ago, and and it was crazy. But that's what it was different, and it was crazy different, and it was good, and then it wore out its welcome, and we realized you can't be rated R. Twenty four seven, and expect to have an audience eighteen to forty nine. You know what I mean, like you get or whatever the the age is, and so he changed the game, man, and and the game changed, and whether it was good or bad, it didn't matter. It changed, and so here we are. And if you're a wrestling fan today, none of this affected you because it was in the past. But if you're a wrestling fan today and you're a historian, you know about these two guys, and you know about their past. Jim Cornette was a great manager and he's a great, probably the best, one of the best interviewers, like I said, with Paul Heyman that I've ever heard. Um, great manager, like I said, great mind in the business. Vince Russo came in and had a great run with a, with what he has in the business, what he knows about in the business. And so I don't know. I think they're just two different guys with two different philosophies. Both have been successful and both have been unsuccessful. So it's, I don't know, man. I think if they could work together though, wonder twin powers activate shape of a new indie fed <laughs> uh last two fed questions jeremy priest over on our afs website says people always talk about their favorite rivalries in wrestling cornette versus russo was out without question is a top three what say you dog what's notorious Rob? this isn't just <clears throat> storylines but actual people in wrestling yeah flashing like this yeah, it's got to be like there's it's it's been the longest that's for dang sure because I think people are either dead or have fought by now. Uh, but this one's been going on on social media and through the podcast. Uh, I would say Goldberg and Airways. Brad had a long run. Yeah, yeah, but it's uh, yeah, it's probably still has one has that right. one too. But you don't, I don't know, I don't hear them talk about each other every time they talk. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, but maybe it might be equal to or a little less than the rivalry between myself and Bret Hart. Right. Um, cause that's, that's, that's one what it is. Yeah. That Yours goes is hot right now for the ages. Yeah. Yeah. That one's, that Yours one's is getting flaming a lot hot. I mean, y'all had an flaming. awkward, I'm flaming. All right. Y'all had an awkward um, interaction on in the airplane. I mean, that's who <laughs> else has had that? Nobody. That's what huh? I'm trying to get at. Um, no, well, I just, they, look, never they, fought in it may airplane. be top three. It may be top three. Their, their, their angle may be top three. <laughs> what if it's a work? What if it's all a work? (laughs) It couldn't be. It's too good, right? It couldn't be. One of them would have broke by now. We weren't smart enough. Yeah, one of them would have broke and said, okay, we were just kidding, y'all. All all right, last one uh, from Brian Hey, for real, can I say this? I'm sorry. I would pay 50 bucks. Okay. Maybe 100. Not even kidding. To sit in the audience and, and watch them have a conversation with a mediator. But but to watch them, there is, dude, there is life in that right there. Welcome to Point Counterpoint with Terry Fox. I'll tell you what, Mrs. Russo, your son 
is an egg-sucking dog. <laughs> Cornet. Four short. Yeah, yeah. Cornet, right. what says you? <laughs> Brian Fuller says, Mr. D-O-double-G, you seem to get along with both of these guys. Was yep. there a creative person you worked with in your career that rubbed you the wrong way, either with a stupid idea or just their general personality backstage? <laughs> no, no. There, I mean, I'm Come sure there, no, there honestly wasn't. Like, it was a... So, they didn't really go... Like, I was kind of gone by the time they went to several writers and you know what I mean? It was kind of the team, the creative team was growing in size and, and it wasn't all just Vince and one other guy anymore. And so, so I only knew the people that Vince brought in and trusted. And then, like I said, I knew uh, Jim from earlier in, in our lives. And I, and I met Vince for the first time when uh, OJ and I uh, did that thing. In, in <laughs> Walking <Buffalo>. around Brentwood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, look, I do get along with both of these guys. And I think I've said it a hundred times on here and I'll say it again. They're both uh, smart guys when it comes to marketing and entertainment and wrestling. But what, what, what Jim doesn't realize is what Vince has to offer would help Jim's product. And, and the wrestling knowledge that Jim has to offer would help Vince uh, with maybe his chaotic uh, booking process. You know what I mean? So I think they would even each other out into a really great wrestling uh, television writer slash promoter if they could sit down. Would you say uh, Vince McMahon was smart enough to see that maybe these two guys could help each other? Let's put them on the same staff. Yeah, I'm sure he did. And I'm yeah. sure he tried. And, and obviously it didn't for whatever reason. It didn't, it didn't work. And, and maybe, you know, Vince is a guy that when he wanted to change something, he didn't wait six months to change it. He cut bait, and we made the change, and that was the way he worked. And so it was, hey, this ain't working. Okay, he's gone. You're in here now. Boom, bang, boom. And the next day, the show happens. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. a, it's not a oh, this is how we're going to move to this, the, uh, you know what I mean, the, the, the corporate housing skills. Or whatever. Right. I don't know. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, I don't even know what I Cut, bait, said. and move. Yeah, yeah, cut, bait, and move. And so that's just the way he was, and that's the way that happened, I guarantee. And then it was just like Jim probably couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was like, if I'm, I'm not going to just sit around and watch you bury the business in my mind. You know what I mean? Well, thanks for uh, thanks for starting the year off with this. I mean, these oh, these man. guys have let good, bad, whatever it is, they have yep. both left a huge but mark hoping, on the wrestling business. I'm hoping that 2023, uh, that these two gentlemen here set the pace for relations in America this coming year. So the pressure is on Jim Cornette and Vince Russo. You guys got to get together, iron out the wrinkles, and come together right, right now. Oh, oh, oh me. Yeah, man, just do it. Come together. And, come on and now. see what happens in the wrestling world when you do. Well, we appreciate all of our skanks for coming together with us skanks. this week. And look forward to this thing getting bigger and better in 2023. They used to call me Tom Skanks. Tom Skanks. Back in Puerto Rico. <laughs> I, worked under, I worked under a hood. We appreciate y'all joining us this week and look forward to a long, fruitful year for everybody. Yep. Before you leave, make sure you like and subscribe and leave a five-star rating on all the platforms. Also, follow us on Twitter, the cesspool that it is, at Brian R.D. James, <laughs> at the Casio Kid. 
When Twitter's good, it's good. But when Twitter's hey, you know bad, what I like about Twitter? Not getting on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, show handles at you didn't know pod YouTube, of course. Like, subscribe, turn on notifications at youtube.com slash d o g g. By the way, amen. Another guy that had a huge mark on the business. Give a quick shout out to our buddy. Mr. Eric Bischoff Eric has Bischoff. a new book out, Grateful, yep. with him and Guy Evans. Get that at bischoffbook.com. Grateful. And, hey, that's a, that's why that's where you find happiness, my friend, is when you it's have peace of mind, be, when, you're, when you're thankful. Uh, that, there's a saying in, uh, in, a, in a, uh, a grateful drunk won't pick up a drink. <laughs> and that's uh, that. think about that because that's, that's the deep. truth. If you've got a lot to think about, a lot, a lot to be thankful for, it's a good reason. Sometimes it's just you and your higher power between you and that Driz anchor, that Driz Ug, and uh, and and you gotta you gotta stop looking, listen, and pay close attention. All right, Woo! hey, happy New Year, everybody, on the real. Um, and uh, just like he said, man, like and and reply and interact with us. I love interacting on Twitter, even though I bury it all the time. I like talking to you guys on there and 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 seeing what the fans like and don't like, and so. Happy New Year, and uh, and let's let's move forward in 23 and make the world a better place for you and me. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what happened there. So we're gonna, you're not going to tell him to suck it now? Oh, am I After supposed that to good suck? speech? Well, oh, were, I'm sorry. I didn't I know what bad. you were. I'm I was going to set you up for it, but you were like, that was a good speech. Come together and I got we should bury our differences. You. Suck it. It just feels wrong now. What if I say, like, suck it? Like if if you want to, you know what I mean. That way, it's almost like getting consent. <laughs> what if we wrap up every show with "Let's go kill Terry Pond"? <laughs> Mr. James, uh, what if he was your principal? He's a Brian James to the principal's office. <laughs> Brian James, your mother is a whore. Oh God. Okay, I'm sorry. We should probably go on that note. <laughs> I love you guys. Ha, ha, ha.